Hey there, podcast listeners. I've got another interview with a former Star Wars CCG world champion. I spoke with uh, Matt Sokol, a world champion from the year 2000, and the final world champion uh, from an event sponsored by Decipher. Uh, Notably, this event was uh, the final confrontation, at least, was on video uploaded to the internet. And uh, I remember it was the first time I ever saw Star Wars cards played on the internet. I had to download the video and it took hours upon hours on the old 56K modem. And of course, the deck that he played for Light Side, iconically, was a hidden base X-Wing deck titled Luke, I Don't Need No Stinking Luke. And he'll tell the story of that here. Hope you enjoy the interview. That's what they do on NPR to check levels is, is they, they ask the person what they had for breakfast. So I've been trying to get in the, in the habit of doing that so I can be all professional. Like uh, yeah, my chair is really squeaky. So I'll try not to move once you get going. That's, that's fine. Let's see. So how, so how long have you been playing um, Star Wars then? So I have, I, I mean, I was, I played in the decipher era in like, you know, elementary school and then got into it, uh, uh, kind of when, when booster boxes were $10 in the, the early, early two thousands for, for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and then kind of got out of it for a little while and then came back around like 2012 and then left at the reset and came back, uh, about a year and a half ago. So Gemp's been awesome for the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Gemp was great. I mean, you knew that Gemp was going to be great when, when it was great, just having premier cards. <laughs> you know, yeah. just yeah. just being able to just being able to play a game, <laughs> at at any time is 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 just is just tremendous. And there's so many people on all the time. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah, and it's great that because that's the thing. Even if there's even if there's 10 people on, you know, in the entire world or whatever, the fact that you can just, that you can get a game or you can watch a game, even if you can't get a game to fire off. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been, it's been tremendous. So, uh, so set the scene. It's the year, it's the year 2000. Uh, now volume five has just come out. Um, uh, we've got one, we've got one prequel with another prequel on the rise and decipher, is finishing up the 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 uh, the original trilogy run, uh, and you're going to worlds. What's what's uh? So you have to actually go back a little bit further because um, <laughs> worlds was so different under okay. the Decipher era. Um, you used to have to 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 play in the World Championships. You used to have to win a um, like a regional qualifier, and those okay. were big, those were big deals back then. Um, it's actually kind of funny. The first tournament I ever won was in 1998 and it was a regional tournament because that's how hard our local shop was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to like travel to New York city regional to win a tournament. Wow. Wow. But so, um, in 2000, so qualifying for the world championships was a, was a really, 
much harder back then. And, and what Decipher used to actually do is when you qualified for Worlds, um, they used to like give you an all expensive paid trip to, to the World Championships, which was amazing. Um, but in 2000, it was different. Uh, 2000, they decided to open up the World Championships by having a day one. Okay. And they were going to take the top 38 players um, from that event. And so, of course, like everybody in the world is like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to show up. I'll finish top 38. It's like, it's no problem. <laughs> so, like, I, th- I forget how many people, like 100, 150 people or something showed up for day one. And it was like every single good person who had not qualified. Mm-hmm. So day one was like, it, it was brutal. Right. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was my freshman year in college. It was down in Orlando, which was fun to fly to. Um, uh, and we all went down with team Albany. Um, and you, you want me to just like lay, lay out the whole, the whole, the whole experience. For yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's, that's what, that's what we're here for. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in with questions, but, but yeah, yeah, tell me the story. So day one shows up and it's just like, it's a lot harder than everybody thought it was going to be. Um, and so me winning the world championships that year was kind of like, a you know, just, it was a Cinderella story because like, you know, I wasn't anybody like, you know, big named at the time really. And, um, day one comes up and I don't play particularly well. And I finished like 36th out of 38. Mm-hmm. And so I just like, I barely squeak in. And, um, I remember I had this really good dark deck at the time that I liked, um, and after and after the day after the day one, I was just like, man, my my light deck is just so terrible. This sucks. And Johnny Chu just comes over and he's just like, dude, I got this hidden base X wing deck that's phenomenal. And I'm like, what is what does it do? And he's just like, well, you just move all your X wings for free to Endor and drain for one all game. And, it, <laughs> and, it, and, I, and we were like, what? And so he, the eleventh hour Friday night after day one, he gives me his. Um, uh, gives me his deck or maybe that was Thursday. I think it might've been even Thursday night. And so, um, gosh, we all crashed, you know, staying up late working on our decks. And then day two happens. Uh, and day two then was eight games and it was, um, uh, it was Swiss differential. Oh, okay. So it was so different. There's no strength to schedule so, back. Yeah. Then. So, so then you're playing, you were playing to the last card every game right every game so it's every every game was a little bit extra stressful stressful and um so all the six and twos made the cut that day and then i think three five and threes made it but what's really funny is i'm playing that day and my dark is you know just doing great so there's two games that day i go six and two and uh what was the what was the platform for the dark deck i was playing so my i loved it so much so I was playing this deck that we all dubbed the beast. It was bring him before me. Uh, Cause at the time, bring him before me was the deck. Okay. Um, everybody was playing bring him before me. But so my take on it was, is I did the responsibility of command, much anger in him stuff. So I would literally just draw 30 cards, get my dark Hoth war room, put responsibility of command on somebody much anger in them and just be like, I right, lose four. You can't battle lose four. You can't battle. Okay. Um, so that went four and over for me and it was phenomenal. Um, and then I lost two games that day. I lost to Bastion and I lost to um, Kyle Kraft. I don't know if that name sounds familiar to you. It it sounds familiar, but he's definitely not somebody that I've met over the years or anything. So, so Kyle Kraft was like an old, old, um, old school player. He was, uh, he played with uh, Brian Hunter in Colorado for a while. Okay. For a while, Brian Hunter was the number one rated player in the world and he was the number two rated player in the world. Mm-hmm. 
But what's amazing about my um, my day two record was I went six and two and my differential was like 10. So like <laughs> every game I won, I won by like right. two cards, three cards, right. four cards. And then every game I lost, I think I lost to Bastion by like 25 or something. I lost to Kyle by like 25. And so, so if I was the last six and two to make it in. And then, um, yeah, then the next day was really, was, I, I mean, everybody, I think it's a kind of a famous story um, within Star Wars lore. So we're up like theory crafting the, the hell out of, out of the evening. We're up till four, five in the morning and I got to play the next day at like nine. And so Brian Hunt, or Brian Twilliger uh, just gives me this dark deck, this ISV sand world, just trash dark deck. That was just such a fantastic meta call. And then I decide to play hidden base numbers. And then for some reason, we just like when building my decks, we just like do not put a Luke Skywalker in the deck. <laughs> it's just like not good against, you know, the field playing, um, bring them before me. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here. So I want to tell you, first of all, one of the, one of the reasons that, that you were one of the first names that I, that I wanted to reach out to for this project is that in, is that your final confrontation from this event was on decipher.com for years. Yeah. And it was like the, the, the first time I ever like watched Star Wars cards on the internet. Um, I remember like having to wait like four hours for the game to download That's and funny. And until I heard this story, I always thought that the Luke not being in the deck was intentional. Absolutely not. So it, <laughs> yeah, I can't, it's so funny. I've actually never watched the whole way through the um, recording. It's on YouTube now. Just, it's so embarrassingly, it's so embarrassing for me. Like, and just like cringeworthy to be like, oh, why did I do that? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, we were just off all night. And here's what's even more amazing about it. Okay, this is, I don't know, I don't know if many people know this, but they, so day three starts, they deck check everybody to start. And one of the Decipher guys pulls me aside and he says, hey, Matt, your deck is only has 59 cards in it. So, <laughs> so we, get to, we get to like, and it's not even the Luke Skywalker that we were missing. We were missing the rendezvous point um, for for hidden base. That's, that's kind of important. <laughs> yeah, so it was just like, oh my God. So you just... It's just because we had done like three straight days of just no sleep. Right. Um, right. And uh, just, it's so easy to, you know, back in those days, it was just, you had to write it, you had to write your decks down and it was just, everything was go, 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 go. And we're all young guys. So we're still like, you know, we're hanging out at night and having fun. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So then the next, so then day three, what happened in day three, it was different back then too. So day three, they took the top 12 and they played a four game Swiss. Um, and then the top two from the four game Swiss plays in the final. So like the, I played um, Clint Hayes, my first game, I beat him. And then I played um, the form, the first world champion, Raphael Asalin. I played him, I beat him. And then I, and then I played Yannick game three with my light side versus dark side in the Swiss. And that's the point when I find out I don't have a Luke in my deck because he crushes me. Right, right. Yeah, it seems like because he was playing Bring Him Before Me, right? So yeah. seems yeah. like Bring Him Before Me with with no Luke, uh, that's that's going to hurt. So I end up losing that game. And then I end up, oh, I forget who I played in the final round, but I end up beating them. And so I'm three and one. But here's another interesting thing that people don't realize. So I almost didn't make the finals. Um, 
Kevin Shannon was in that top 12. Okay. But I don't know if, if people know this about Kevin Shannon, but he's a notorious slow player. And so he timed out his game. And what happened back in the day when you timed out your game, you only got one victory point instead of two. Okay. So like all of these like little things had to happen, you know? Uh-huh. And so like, I find out I'm in the finals and we're freaking out, you know, my whole team, everybody who came with me, um, because we're like, Oh my God, now you're going to go on screen and, and you're just going to get crushed. Like great. Congrats getting second place at worlds, man. <laughs> so I was like, all right, whatever. I got nothing to lose. So for some reason, Yannick decides to play his, um, his dark first. Cause he wants to know how much he's going to win by. Um, so he beats me, he beats me by like 20 cards or something. So it got a little close. Um, and then just the, the second game, like the, the ISB sand world just like rolled him. I think I, I think I had like two cards in my loss pile at the end of the game. And like, uh, it was just, uh, he just couldn't do anything. Like, I just like, Oh, you, you know, he was playing a Dagobah deck without testing, which hurt him. And he had like 10 characters in his deck and he could never attack me. Cause all was just under the sand world the entire time. And yeah, so the, I know the YouTube video of the match is like an hour and 30 minutes. So for like an hour and 25 minutes, I think I'm going to get second place. <laughs> and then it's, the, I will say I have watched the last five minutes because there's a point of the YouTube video where, where I'm watching it and I can just tell like, okay, this is the point I know I'm going to win the world championship. And my face is just like, uh-huh. holy cow, this just, uh, what just happened? <laughs> and so it was, uh, it was, it was just such a phenomenal time. Like, the best part about it was was flying to Orlando with Team Albany and just just spending a weekend literally just hanging out with your best friends and playing cards. Mm-hmm. And then and then Sunday, which he was like the cherry on the on the top of the cake, we, they they used to do um, a team world championship. So it was a team of four. So me, Brian Twilliger, Chris Killer, and Johnny Chu ended up winning that the next day. And so it was just like you know what you can't what a weekend you can't even make it up it was so so magical so okay so that's the so that's the story um i did have i did have some uh some other stuff i wanted to talk to you about so first of all that was uh you know that was that was 2000 let's yeah let's jump a little bit earlier what is uh how did you how did you get started with the game like everybody else at the time, like, so in the nineties, like magic, the gathering was huge. Um, not, Oh, I don't know if you hear my young kid in the background crying. Um, so, Oh, poor guy. You uh, gotta just, uh, my wife will grab him. Um, but forgive me if I step out for a second. Oh, that's, um, no, that's fine. Um, no. So magic the gathering was huge at the time. Um, and so my friend, Mike Damboys and I, and my brother were all just playing Magic the Gathering. And so one day he just comes home with a pack of Star Wars cards. And he's like, let's open this and see what we get. And so we opened it up and I think we got a Princess Leia, Leia Organa in our first pack. And we just, <laughs> we were just hooked ever since. Like we just kept playing and we were so lucky uh, in Albany, they, our local shop had, get, had tournaments literally every Saturday. And so it was like, Every Saturday, it was me, Johnny Chu, Brian Twilliger, Chris Twilliger, um, Aaron Kingery, my damn boys, just like playing. It was, it was, it was just an amazing experience. So it's crazy to me how many of the top players 
from from that era, um, you know, from the Decipher era, you still know those names. Like they're they've still they've still been around over the years. When you consider how yeah. many people stopped playing after you know after the Decipher era or 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 over over the years. So part of that for, at least in our group was, so they were all my best friends. Like when I got married, all those guys were my groomsmen. Um, and we used it as like an excuse to like get together every year, you know, like it was like, Oh, Hey, the world championships is coming up. Let's just get together and play in it. You know, like it's kind of the reason we all stuck around for so long. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Which is, which is awesome. Which is a great, yeah. It's a great thing about the, uh, about the community. Um, so after after your world champ after your world champion, um, have you have you kept up with the game over the years? Um, yeah, I don't think that you and I have ever crossed paths before, but I don't I know that I know that you got inducted into the Hall of Fame a few years a few years yeah. in. Um, so you must I have got, done actually, something. Actually, actually, I got in last year. So oh, that was just last year. Yeah, yeah, they had to lower the bar to let me. It's been a it's been a long year. <laughs> That's no yeah, no, I, I played. I made I made. Um, my best finish at Worlds um, was the Philadelphia Worlds where Justin Desai won. Um, I made top four. I lost to Johnny Chu actually in the top four, and then Chu lost to Desai. So that was so. I've been playing ever since then. I, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much sticking. So you, I haven't you, had so much luck seen... with the NPC though. Yeah, that's the yeah. one event that I, that yeah. I kind of see. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you you know you can't you 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 can't uh, I don't know. Um, MP, yeah, the NPC is its own, is its own animal, I guess, man, yeah. that you talking about all those Swiss of all those Swiss differential events. Like I didn't, that, that just sounds, that just sounds like rough. Like that you would get, get cut to a top, whatever. And then it'd be another Swiss differential event. It was such a, such a different game back in the day. Um, and when Decipher was running it, it was it was just different. The stakes were the stakes were higher, um, and there were there were rank people. People had egos about their rankings at the time too. Um, yeah, it was just crazy. It yeah, was I've, a fun yeah, I've really noticed um, even just just in the last couple of years since I've been back, the players players egos are not as as much of an issue as they were even back. Uh, even in even in the early 2010s i think everybody's matured a lot yeah um, for sure for sure and yeah and everybody's actually gotten so good now with gimp like there's not a bad player in the game anymore really right right well i mean i still play the game so nah, I, didn't <laughs> I i did go to i did go to a little event uh last summer in that uh, brian fred ran and did relatively speaking, I, I went about, I went about 50, 50 at the event. And, uh, I was, and it was just very clear that I, I had an edge because I had been playing, you know, playing Gemp every day, whereas other people hadn't played in months. Yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a thing. So that's a good guy. Like, there's a lot of good people in the community. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, that so that that era uh the sort of the tail end of of decipher into the into the beginning of the players committee um what was what was that transition like as a as a top level player like like when you found out that how did it feel when you found out decipher was losing the license and and so, uh, 
it was sad when Decipher lost the license, but people, it's also easy to forget. Like, so at the time when Decipher lost the license, they were also um, pushing out the Lord of the Rings card game, which was really huge at the time. And then they were also trying to push wars. So for some of us, we were like, oh, we got wars coming. So it'll be, mm-hmm. you know, we'll just play that game instead. Um, so it kind of softened the blow a little bit, but then um, wars just like tanked hardcore. Right. Um, yeah. People actually don't know. People actually don't know this, but there is uh, one Wars TCG or CCG, whatever it is, world champion, and you are actually talking to him. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. So what happened was at Gen Con that year, the uh, so for a while, a lot of us, the Team Albany guys, stopped playing um, Star Wars, and we're like, yeah, let's play Wars or like. Um, Oh, gosh. World of Warcraft card game was coming out and stuff. Okay. But anyway, so we showed up at Gen Con and there were like four people showing up for the world championships for, for wars. And like <laughs> this one guy flew from France and he was like, I want to play for the world championship. So I was like, yeah, whatever, man, I'll play for the world championship. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I ended up beating him. <laughs> He's the only one to ever win that one. Wow. Wow. That's that's interesting. Uh, Bastion had a story about a big a big worlds event or a big wars event that he played. I guess there was a big, there was a $10,000 event in, in Europe and a $10,000 event in Las Vegas, I think. I played in that. Yeah. And, and, the, and yeah, no one. Yeah. And, you, and, and in, in the Las Vegas ones, they didn't get paid, but the Europe one, they did get paid. Oh yeah. No, we all, we all, it was, that was a cool event. Um, oh, I have a funny story about that. So I was actually living in Las Vegas at the time. And so everybody flew out to stay with me, like all the Team Albany guys. And Yannick, okay, who I beat in the World Championships, right. flew out to play for it. And we see him in the casino, and he comes, plays in the event. And I'm like, Yannick, where are you, where are you staying? And he's like, I don't know. I, ha- I didn't think that through. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So then Yannick just ended up crashing with us the entire weekend when he was there for that. Um, yeah, that was, that's, and then Decipher just went downhill real quick after that. Yeah, that's like that's like if it was like a that's like I just watched that uh, the Netflix show Queen's Gambit, and in the one mm. and in the one uh, the one episode she's she's up against a, she's up against a person in the finals and it's super serious. Then the next episode, uh, the next episode they're best friends. <laughs> you know, yeah, Danny so, and I were never yeah. like it was always very very cordial um, with him. You know. I mean, yeah, he's always, he's a great guy. The, 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 the Quebec guys were always really cool. We, we saw them all the time because they would come down the East coast to play in the big tournaments. So they were always great people. I guess, were there any other, um, were, are there any other, uh, kind of big, big milestone events that, that you, that you played in that, that, uh, that you wanted to, that you want to talk about here? I played, uh, no, you know, I, I, I just really enjoyed the time playing and, you know, I got, I mean, all my best friends were guys I grew up with in high school, played Star Wars cards, you know, obviously you could tell we were really popular in high school <laughs> and, you know, we've all kept in touch, which is great. And all our kids like see each other and stuff and it's great. And, um, you know, for me, that's what Star Wars has been about. Like it, it was, it, you know, I'm not gonna lie. It was really cool winning the world championships when I did. Um, especially in the year 2000, because that was the last really decipher world championship. Um, but like, it's just been about the friends that I made the entire time. That has just been awesome. Okay. 
So, uh, so Scott Lingrell told me that I should ask you about no. all the cool cards that you got at Origins, uh, the year, the year after something. Oh, okay. The year. Oh, so I think he means at Gen Con. I think yes. Yes. Something about Gen Con. Yes. Uh, so what happened was when I won the World Championships, my prize was um, they flew me out to uh, Gen Con and I had to go sit at the Decipher booth and I had to play like anybody who wanted to play a game against the world champion. Okay. And so Coruscant was coming out at that time. And so they were like, hey, Matt, we want to give you um, some Coruscant cards to play so that when people sit down, they'll see the world championship of the Coruscant cards and they'll want to buy them. And so they gave me like all their Coruscant cards. And I'm like, just, just take what you need for your decks and then just give us back the rest. So like, I ended up taking like three sets of like alternate image Coruscant. Oh, nice. I ended up like taking like two complete sets because I was like, yeah, why not? You know? So I gave them back to them and they were like, the next day they were like, you know, we wanted to give some of that away as a prize in a tournament, but for some reason we couldn't find any, any sets or alternate, alternate image cards. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's weird. I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> so I think that's what he's talking about. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, Good times. So uh, I will, we'll go ahead and uh, yeah, you, you gave, this interview is a little bit shorter than some of the other ones that I've done, but but you you gave you gave very good very good storytelling there. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to embellish too much. Yeah, yeah, I? yeah. Well, I didn't also, have to. I didn't have to pull the information out. You just you just had you just had your you just had I, what you had to say. I'll end it on this too. I also it, sometimes it's also weird for me talking about the world championships from twenty years ago because uh -huh. sometimes I end up feeling like I'm like this guy who reminisces about his uh, high school football days. Uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. yeah, so back in, like, back in '82. Well, at least at least you actually won. At least you're not reminiscing about the time that you almost won. You know, that you... <laughs> well, if I don't, I don't think you'd be interviewing me. Um, so I do, I do want to, um, I do have a, a questionnaire, uh, that I ask all the people, all the players that I interview, uh, based sure. on, uh, James Lipton's inside the actor's studio. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I'll, we'll go through this real fast. Uh, sure. uh, what is your favorite card? My favorite card? Yes. Clash of Sabres. I, I, I refuse to play a deck without at least two of them. Okay. I'll know to play around Clash for Sabres if we ever run against each other. Yes, um, I'm always holding it because it's the best card in the game. Yeah, it is. It is a very so. The thing about Clash of Sabres is I always forget that it lasts until the end of yeah. my next turn, and so I always think that I always play it during my opponent's turn, and then like I go to set up a counterbeat or something like that <laughs> yeah. against their lone character, and then their lone character can't be battled. Uh, yeah. but you know, I'm bad at star Wars cards. Uh, what is your least favorite card? My least favorite card. Oh gosh. My least favorite card would probably have to be. Oh gosh. The insert defensive shield. The insert defense. Okay. okay. I used Which... to love playing inserts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, it took you to the world championship, so it did. I mean, we used to. I just, I always just used to play it, and also too, like back in the day when you didn't have any good cards, inserts mm -hmm. were how you how you were right, competitive. Right. I, I always, I really like, um, anger, fear, aggression. Sure. I think that it is. I mean, it, obviously, if you 
if you abuse it with stuff like I can see the, I feel like the intent behind that card, it, it works because it kind of will, will trick your opponent into battling you or buys you a little bit of time. If you're, if you're just wanting, if you're not putting your presence out, like it, I feel like it's, it's a balanced version of an insert card and pretty much any other insert card, you know, I mean, the numbers cards are just. Are just oh, man, a little too much back in the day, <laughs> but you know what? Like, I like I reminisce with rose color with you know rose colored glasses because uh-huh. like it was probably a terrible time, but we just yeah. didn't know any better. Well, I, I I do know that I play on I play that format on Gemp sometimes, and uh, and I will play your. I actually I have your your worlds your worlds X wing deck built on Gemp that I uh, uh, although although Frozen Assets isn't programmed in, so I ha- I have to change a couple cards, but. Uh, but but yeah, definitely people will. I will play that deck if somebody is like, "Oh man, Star Wars cards was so much better and only original trilogy cards." And da 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 da. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, let's let's play this, um, you know, and and uh, then you know teach them a lesson or something. Um, what uh, kinds of cards uh, stimulate stimulate you creatively? So like when they put out like new fancy objective fun objectives that do a lot of weird things is to limit your card pool like um like the new set 13 shadow collective deck right objective i, I just like those decks to just look at them and think of, like different angles you can play with right. it right. stuff like that yeah shadow collective is a is a really cool concept because it's a yeah. it's different. it's sort of a it's 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 a scumish deck without without playing scum it's like agents it feels like agents yeah. a little yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what types of cards just make you want to quit playing? <laughs> oh man. Uh, even though clash sabers is my favorite card, like card, a deck like hunt down V, um, hit co helpers where it's just all like funneled towards, like you should just play mains, mains, mains. Mm-hmm. I think that can get kind of boring. Okay. Okay. Hunt down V the old Hunt down V, not the oh, new like Hunt the down new one V. Isn't, isn't there any? Isn't doesn't the new set have one? I yeah, was in play testing. I should know this, but yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, I just some just like sick of mains. Yeah, okay, some, okay. Fun stuff. Uh, what is your favorite Star Wars term? Tech. We got to talk tech. Okay, that's my favorite. Uh, I don't even well, know if that's a Star Wars term, but that's just how we use it. Like, oh man, we got to talk tech. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That work. That works. Uh, the, my rule with these questions is you can interpret them however you want. It's a window into your psyche, if you will. Sure. Um, what opponent's deck do you love to see? Oh, man. Gosh. It, it, like, it's so matchup dependent, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, anything that's favorable. Okay. Like, um, you know, if you're, if you're playing mains, like scum, you know, or... If, um, or if you're playing like, you know, watch your step, maybe, you know, some slowish deck. Uh, it's just all matchup dependent. Okay. Just okay. Something that I feel like I think I can win. So yeah, something where you're gonna win. Um, okay. And then what what opponent's deck do you hate to see? For some reason, I don't like Imperial Entanglements. Like every time I have to play against that, I'm like, ugh. Mm-hmm. That that for some reason it's just that that very specific deck. Yeah. Oh, and um. Court, I hate, I hate, I hate court. I hate what? I hate scumming. Court's the best. No, that, especially I mean, that's why I just play like memes and two clashes. <laughs> I hate, I hate yeah. 
I I I will I've been that court is my court is my deck. Uh, uh, the and and that's my favorite thing about Gemp too is, uh, you never for, you never forget to ping with court if you're playing on Gemp. I love Gemp. I never forget yeah, my cards. Yeah, yeah. I I just uh, yeah because when I'm playing in person, that that court the the only thing that I dislike about court is that the ping happens at the end of your opponent's deploy phase. Mm-hmm. It's just such a such an awkward time because they'll be like they'll go to they'll go to move. We're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you forgot to lose your force. Sure. It's like oh, that was two phases ago. You should have reminded me. Um, <laughs> you know, I get that. Uh, you know the the those two questions the the opponent's deck that you love to see or that you hate to see. I think are I get I get about three types of answers with those. There's there's the people who want a deck that's a good matchup. There's the people who want to want a matchup that they know, mm-hmm. and then there's the people that want something that they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, I think that that is very telling of how you of how you look at the game because obviously obviously um, there's there is a difference between uh, even the people that want to that want to see a deck that they've never seen before. If they if that was in the top eight at a major event, they probably don't want to see a deck that they've never seen before at a top eight at an event. But it just kind of speaks to like kind of how you view the game, like what your default setting on the game is, whether that's competitive or 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 low 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 stakes or. Well, I guess I guess mine is competitive then. Yeah, well, I mean, you're a world champion. You you better be. If not, then you know, I, I'm sure there are there are world champions who uh, who aren't competitive. But uh, yeah, I don't. I you know, uh, at least the ones still playing today, um, like the the world champions that are still playing today, are, are definitely have to be very competitive. Especially the guys who've won like multiple world championships. Right. Right. Like. I, I would be curious, like what a uh, Desai or Chu says to that answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Bastions was Bastions was uh, was a matchup a matchup that he knows was was what he likes to see. So, um, same, so same that's, kind of. yeah, that's a that's definitely a a, a competitive perspective. Um, but yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully Desai Desai said he would be he'd let me interview him, but I haven't I haven't followed up on him yet. He's a good guy. He's 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 one of the best players in the world. Super competitive and yeah. like, he just he knows his stuff. Yeah, he's well. He's been and I've noticed he's been playing a lot in the last six months. Maybe more than uh, maybe maybe more than any any other of the like top players. Just just sort of he always has a game up in in Gemp or whatever. And uh, especially especially like a couple months ago, it seemed like he was like. In the run-up to Texas Mini Worlds, he was just, yeah, you know. So I, I think he's. I mean, and he, he just won the OCS, so I guess that means he's he's probably a pretty good player, right? I, I you know, <laughs> yeah, he, smart money has to be on him to win yeah. the world championships. Yep. You know. Yep. All right. Uh, what Star Wars profession would you like to try? Oh, what Star Wars profession would I like to try? Oh, man, you know. I'm sure everyone's like, I'd like to be a bounty hunter and stuff like that, but you know what? It's gotta be glamorized on TV. Um, a non-fighting Jedi is what I would like to be. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, and then what, what profession would you not like to try? Uh, Imperial stormtrooper. Terrible. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned bounty hunters because the last because uh, uh, Chris Kelly and Bastion 
both specifically mentioned Bounty Hunter as what they would not want to try. Oh, okay. So good. I'm glad it's not yeah. just me. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to hunt people down. <laughs> right, right. Terrible. Well, yeah. And like, and I mean, just like, just like you wouldn't want to be a stormtrooper, uh, the, the casualty rate of Bounty Hunters seems rather high. No, not interested. Not doing it. Yeah. And finally, uh, if God exists, mm-hmm. what would you like to see him do with the future of the game? <laughs> Oh man, if if like you know, if I could get any wish with it, um, it would be really great if it, the game could be bought, in my opinion, by somebody like uh, Wizards of the Coast or something, and they kept the integrity of the game, um, like that of the in the spirit of a, the as the players committee does, but it was more like. Um, more mainstream you could go to a local shop on a friday night and play it um you know i could take my my son when he gets older to the gaming store and buy packs of star wars cards uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh that's what i would love to see you know i have no gripes at all about anything the players committee does because they're just phenomenal right and right like you know they volunteer their time i obviously don't volunteer mine the way they do they do so i'm not going to nitpick anything they would ever do right 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 but if yeah, if it could be like more mainstream, back in retail shops, um, grandiose like it was during the Decipher era, uh, that would be that would be what yeah. I would ask. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just uh, yeah. That's like it wouldn't have to be, and it wouldn't have to be Wizards of the Coast. It could be some. There's there's some. There's probably some uh, you know weird millionaire guy that could <laughs> that could buy the you know that could buy the game. Like to me, it's to me, it's almost like I I would even take it, take it a step a little bit backward. That just in general, like if 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 the organization could, you know, have the have the ability, if the players committee could have have the ability to, you know, you know, do what they do, everything they're doing, and more, and yeah. then bring and then bring in pe- bring in more and more people to kind of you know to kind of scale it up. If if that was if that was possible, if we got a you know, some, yeah, some, uh, you know, if, if, uh, somebody wins the, if Brian Fred won the lottery tomorrow and, and donated all of his millions of dollars to the players committee, yeah. you know, it'd be it'd, great. It'd, it'd be just, great. Yeah. If we just had, if we just had unlimited resources and just a larger player base, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, that would be, that would be a lot better. All right. Well, Matt, well, Matt, thanks again, uh, for, yeah, for coming fine. on, uh, we'll, I think we'll leave it at there. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a, uh, may the force be with you. May the force be with everybody. (laughs) Awesome. So there you have it. My interview with the legendary Matt Sokol. Uh, I mentioned uh, that Desai had agreed to an interview and uh, we actually did do that interview. So that'll be uh, one of the next ones in the series. Uh, Thanks for listening. I hope hope you enjoyed and uh, yeah, keep an eye out for more. Kindlecast.ninja celebrating media hobbies and passions since 2014.